God has a lot for us today, and, and I know if we open our hearts and our minds to what he wants to say and do, we will get there so joyously. How about you? You think that's true? Yes, I know. God's word is so yes and amen. I, I talked last week about the mantle, and, and I want to just hit on that real quickly. Uh, it says, Elijah left the oxen and ran after Elijah and said, please let me kiss my mother and my father. And they was going to, then I'll follow you, he says. And he said to them, go back again, for what have I done to you? And remember last week, come on up here, Hobie. Remember last week we talked about this mantle. And this mantle might represent, now I know it's probably a little softer than this, but this is really nice. And yet when he walked by Elisha, Elijah knew what he was going to do. Now Elisha didn't. But I believe that Elisha, through the years, was being prepped for something great. Do you believe that? Do you believe as you're giving your life to Christ that God, God has prepped you to do something glorious for him? Absolutely. So as he was walking by and he was plowing the field and he was on the 12th oxen and he was doing his thing, it says that Elijah walked by and threw that up on his shoulders and continued to walk by. Now, I don't know about you for a second. I'm sure he was sitting there going, what does this mean? I know I've been prepped for this. I don't understand. Right now is the day. And now is the time that God's anointing, his authority, will rest upon his shoulders. I bet as soon as Elijah threw that on Elisha, Elisha immediately had revelation of God. What do you think? When the anointing comes to you, revelation is there. And so when it came on his shoulders, he knew something was about to turn. And a matter of fact, it says Elijah was still walking by. And Elisha, stunned, I'm sure at the moment, wow, this is incredible, then runs after, right? And so he, he starts to jog after Elijah, and, and see, there, there he goes. And then, <laughs> you, you did so well last week, and what happened this week? You said jog this time. Jo, jo, oh, ran, ran. Time. oh. Did I say jog? You said jog. Okay, let's try this again. Right here, he throws it on. Let's try this again. He ran, so we're going to, throws it on, walks by, and he, as soon as he grabs notice of what, what happening, then he ran. There it is. That's well done. And he gets there, and, and sure enough, he notices something's about to change in his life. But that moment, he says, you know what? I just, I need to go back and kiss my mom and dad goodbye. He knew there was going to be a change. He knew he was going to leave what he was doing there, and he was going to go on to something great for God. But he said, I'm just going to kiss my mom and dad goodbye. And Elisha made sure he knew. He says, don't forget, what have I done for you? What have I just done to you. And so as he went back, he reflected. I'm sure as he's going back to his house, he's like, what has he done to me? What does this really mean to me? And it says he went back. He didn't say he was going to slaughter his oxen, did it? He says he's just going to kiss his mom and dad goodbye. But all of a sudden, he knew when that anointing came on his, and that mantle came on his shoulder, he says, no, I've got to finish up a job here. I've got to go back and slaughter my oxen and, and my and my." yoke and burn and all and give the people the flesh and and they ate and they celebrated this and he left it all behind to follow that's where we were last week thank you so much that was well done he warmed that right up so a mantle represented something didn't it it represented something and when people of god saw a man with a mantle they knew that this man was a representation of god and they, they were, there was fear involved, there was reverence involved, and they, would, they wouldn't worship him, they would just give him honor, because they knew a man of God was present. And so this represented something. I want you to realize something. As soon as he went back and slaughtered the oxen and made that decision to go after the things of God, he didn't say he got the mantle back, did it? Who got the mantle? Elijah. 
Elijah got the mantle back. So really, when he came back, he was like, okay, thank you for following me, and well, let's go. Now, I don't know about you, we would think, well, any one of us, well, the mantle of God is on us. Wow, this is great. I killed my oxen. I, I've done all this, and I'm going to follow after you, God, and this is what I want to do in my life. And, and all of a sudden, the master would take that away and take it back onto his shoulders. And you were learning how to serve. What's preparation mean in your life? What's it mean to be prepared for the things of God? So God's anointing, he would call you, but has he given you that anointing mantle yet? Or do you have to serve him? So today we're going to talk about preparation. And we're going to go into the things of God today. So let's go further here. He said to return from the... Well, we already talked about that. Let's go on past this. He to return from the... Hang on. Make sure this works here. There we go. Preparation. Today we're going to talk about preparation, what this really means to all of us. And as we go forward here, I'm trying to use something really handy here. Do you all, do you all understand what I'm doing here? Are you impressed? Am I impressing you today? I, I, I'm stumbling on this today, and, and I'm going to see how well I'm doing. I hit this thing, and we'll see how it registers. Oh, look at that. The little timer's off there, yeah. Let's talk about the last day of preparation. We know that Elijah took a new man with him, Elisha. We knew that he started his journey, and he was plowing fields, and he took him on a journey. We don't know how long that was. The Bible doesn't really tell you how long Elijah was with Elisha. We do know this. It was at least six to ten years. Now, you may not all know that. You read the Bible, you think, well, gee, that happened pretty quickly here. And all of a sudden, we jump past this, and, and all of a sudden, we're in the last days. It's not like that. So in preparation for Elisha to take on the mantle, it might have been six to ten years. But in that process, he shows him all these mighty miracles. He walked alongside a man of God who did all these mighty works. And so he would watch him. And it came to the last day. Now, I don't know about you, if you were going to train somebody to do something great for God, in that last day, you would probably make that last day a very special day, wouldn't you think? Wouldn't you make sure that all the things you've taught, all those times you've spoken the things of God over a person and said, this is the last day I'm going to be with you, I bet you would make that last day a special day, wouldn't you? And so he takes him on a journey on that last day. He takes him to four places. The first place we get to, when they, before they, they start on this day, they start in what they call Gilgad. And it says, in this place, you have to understand, there's references to this all through the Old Testament. But what was this place, what does it represent? Why was this the place they started where? Well, if you look at Gilgad and what it actually means, it's a place, it's called the rolling away. And that's what the name means. It was a place of celebrating the crossing of the, of the river, the Jordan, into the promised land. It was a place where they set up something, and a place where they circumcised everybody so they were set apart to do mighty work of God. Now, it says circumcision was a thing of the Old Testament to show people were separate from the world, and those things, the people of God, were done by circumcision, right? That's how they were, they were marked to be men and women of God, well, men of God. And so they were circumcised. And so then when they got to the promised land, what? They were disobedient, and they spent 40 years in the wilderness. And during that time, they did not circumcise until they come to the place where they're ready to cross over the Jordan into the promised land. And God says, you must separate yourself right now. You must be circumcised. And so this is a place of circumcision. Not a pleasant place for guys to think about, but a place where God says, you're here I'm going to separate from the world, and you're going to be 
here used for me. And so circumcision is this place. So can't we say that when the flesh dies, it gives freedom to the spirit? The first thing in your life to be outgoing for God, to do things for God is what? You must die to those things in yourself, right? We know that salvation is the part of death to ourselves in life with Jesus, doesn't it? Isn't that what that means? Baptism, when we're baptized in water, means the death to the world in that flesh and new life with Christ Jesus as we rise out of the water, right? And so here's a representation. In this place, you must die to your flesh. This is our beginning day. We're going to wrap it all together. We're going to start right here. And guess what this means? You didn't think that Elijah and Elisha both knew what that place was? They understood through the stories. They knew exactly where they were standing. They knew this was the place that men were prepared to be separated from the world and be sent off to do things for God. You were circumcised and set apart. So that starts their journey. And it's funny because when it starts there, he says to them, now, it says, and it came about when the Lord was about to take Elijah up in a whirlwind to heaven. And Elisha went with Elijah, or Elijah went with Elisha from Gilgad. To, and Elisha said, stay here, please, for the Lord has sent me as far as Bethel. Stay here, please. Now, here's Elijah ready to go on to the next place in his teaching. And he tells his servant, now what's this kind of odd, isn't it? I want you to stay here. I'm going to my next stop. And so Elijah says, wait a second. As the Lord lives, and as you yourself live, I will not leave you. So they go on to the next place. The next place is what? Bethel. So let's find out what, what Bethel represents in our journey here. It says there, Bethel was a place of hearing of God. If we go back in the Old Testament, this is a place where Abraham established when he wanted to set up an altar. And on this altar, he wanted to hear from God and he wanted to give him worship. So this is a place called Bethel. Bethel was called the house of God. That's the name represented. Abraham built an altar for a purpose of establishing some kind of communication with God. He wanted to know what his Lord was saying. He wanted to know where he was going. And Abraham said, he left everything behind, didn't he? A walk of faith. So here it was. He establishes his first place of worship, his first place of an altar. And so when Elijah and Elisha get there, sure enough, the question is, is from when hearing comes, it gives purpose to your journey. We can die to ourselves in our flesh. We can be crucified and raised again with Christ Jesus. But if we can't hear the voice of God, we can't get in that place where God can speak to us and guide us, a place where we can call an altar in our life, then how are we going to be able to be led? The Spirit of God wants to lead you and me. He's going to do it through this. Time in His presence. Time with Him in the house of God. He wants you in Him, through Him, so He can hear His voice, so He can step out in faith. Does that make sense? And so He goes from... The place of circumcision, a separation, to a place of hearing from God, a communication with him. Elijah said to him, Elijah, please stay here. Elijah, please stay here. Am I getting the two names mixed up quite often here, aren't I? I'm going to try my best to get those two names. They're so close together. Elisha, well, Elijah says to Elisha, please stay here, for I'm going to go off to my next place, Jericho. And of course, we know 
Elisha says, there's no way, Lord. You're my master. I'm going to, he says, Lord, as long as you live, the Lord lives, and as long as you live, I will never leave you. And so he goes on to the next place. Now, you have to understand, this is all happening, they say, in a day. And I don't know, but if you did the calculations, it's about 25, 26 miles throwing a stone. So I don't know, up and around mountains, down through valleys and all, it's probably 30 miles. It's a long journey. And all along the way, they're talking. He's discipling. He's talking about the place they were and the place they're going. And all this time, he's saying, man, this is it. I'm going to stay with him. Master, we're, as long as the Lord lives and as long as you're living, I'm with you. I'm never leaving you. It's a strong statement, isn't it? Let's go on. The next place, Jericho. Jericho. It's a place where we all know. What did Jericho mean to you? What, is it, what does it mean to you? Jericho. Remember the walls? Fortified cities? A time for battle? It's like the Israelites finally crossed the Jordan River. And they're finally, at 40 years, a new generation led by Joshua. Now get a chance to cross that Jordan River. And as they crossed over into this new place, the first place they had to go to was what? The first battle was the biggest walls. Probably what, if they were going to pick all the cities in the world, wouldn't you want to test something out first? Lord, let's just go right over here to the small one. Let's do. God took him right to the biggest city, the biggest walls, and said, okay, here you go. <laughs> Can you imagine me and Joshua? Okay, and then he gets instructions. What is Joshua's instructions? Uh, yeah, well, well, the first day you're going to walk around the big walls, and they're probably going to make fun of you, but hang in there. Second day, walk around the walls one more time, just as I told you, with the Ark of the Covenant and walking through the priests and the high priests and the army of God. Just walk around the walls. Why? To get a better perception of, or perspective of how big the walls are? Think about it. They'd be walking around, well, yeah, they're pretty large. <laughs> no way in here. I don't see any way in here. Look, as a matter of fact, they're laughing at us. Isn't that wonderful? God is good. Right? Can you imagine? And then third day, the fourth day, the fifth day, the sixth day. Seventh day is different. Seventh day is different. Joshua, I want you to walk around seven times. Go! Get them! And then at the end, all you've got to do is gather your men. You're going to have, you're going to shout. You're going to break your jars and, and the light. And it's going to be wonderful. Go! Can you imagine? It's never been done before. And so they go. This is Jericho battle that God establishes his range and lordship in his promised land. They get to go there. And when they get there, I'm sure Elisha knows the story. And Elisha is there going, yes, this is the battlefield. This is where God came into the promised land with his people and proved himself mighty, took down the walls by shouting. You all know, we can all shout right now, there's no walls coming down. Spiritually, there'll be a lot of walls going down. So he shouted, they shouted, and it came down there. I'm sure they're looking around the ruins. And of course, there's a new Jericho built again and another time again. But can you imagine that sight? And then I'm sure Elijah was telling Elisha, this is where it all happened right here, man. This is God showed himself mighty. Walls came tumbling down by the shouts of his people. Isn't God good? Isn't he good? And of course he says, Elijah I want you, or Elisha, I want you to stay right here. I don't want you to move. I'm going to go on to our next destination. It's going to be Jordan. You stay right here. All these times, what's he doing? 
all this time. What's he doing? And all of a sudden he says, well, Elijah, wherever you go, I'm going. I will never leave your side. I'll never leave you. I'll never leave you. And through every visit, you'll see it in, in, the, in your word. Through every place they went, there was people there. There was prophets there and said, Elisha, guess what? Your master is going to be taken away from you this very day. And Elisha, hearing this, would say, yes, I know he is, but shh, be still. It's crazy. It's a crazy story. It's a wonderful story of being called out. Called out of our caves. And man, he said, all along he's talking to him, encouraging him, saying, man, and there's a mantle that has not been given yet. The mantle is still on Elijah. It has not been turned over yet. And finally, they get to the Jordan. Uh, what, is Vic, what does Jericho represent? When victory comes, it gives freedom to worship. Man, there's got to be victories in your life. I, I'm telling you, you've got to have victories in your life. And I guarantee you, you're walking with Christ, there's victories there. You just don't see them. Maybe you need to go to Jericho. Maybe there's a stop for you. In your preparation, every one of these stops makes sense, don't they? Gilgal, go. Circumcise. Separate yourself from the world. Right? Every one of us need that. Before we can go to Jericho, we've got to go to a Bethel. In that time of Bethel, we've got to understand there's a place you go before the presence of God. You've got to be filled up. You've got to be know that Jesus is your Savior. He's with you. He'll never leave you. You've got to there. He's going to talk to you, and he's going to encourage you. He's going to give instruction. And from there, you go to your Jericho. You understand your past. You understand your victories. You understand what God's for you. Who can be against you? And you know, anything I walk up to, no matter battle, how big the battle looks, my God is victorious. He has made me more than a conqueror. You know, he is with us. We can walk any way we want to go. He's leading us. There is victory in our walk. And we got to remember these times, don't we? So we need our Jerichos, don't we? We need our Jerichos to remember. They're milestones of God's goodness. So thank you for Gilga. That was not pleasant. Circumcision is not pleasant. If you ever try to pull something out of you that's evil, right hand causes you to sin, what do you do with it? Cut it off. Right eye causes you sin. What do you do? You pluck it out. God says, get rid of the sin. Get rid of that. The place of circumcision. And then you take the next step. Take me to Bethel. Take me to the place of worship. Let me put an altar there. Let me put an altar there, like Abraham. Let me hear from God. You need those places too, don't you? And then you need a Jericho as a reminder of his victories. God, you're so good to us. And then he's got another place. He wants to take them to the Jordan. <laughs> Here he goes. Elijah says to him, Elijah's just, man, he, again, he says to Elisha, I want you to stay right here in Jericho. Some of you are still in Jericho's. Some of you are in Gilgaz. And some of us are in those places of Bethel. We stayed there. Every time Elijah asked him, you stay here. You stay right here. I'm going to the next place. Elijah could have, Elijah could have said, man, yeah, this is great. Some of you are still in Gilgah. Some of you are still in Jericho. Some of you are in Bethel. And God says, you didn't hear me when I asked you to stay. You stayed, and you didn't follow me. So all of us have to follow him to the end, don't we? Before we get our mantles, it's preparation. It's preparation time. So let's go to the next places. And Elijah said, please stay here. <laughs> Elijah, one last time. Elijah, just stay right here. 
right here. This is a great place. This is the place of victory. Celebrate God. Just stay right here in those victories. Just stay in the past of God's done. He's done in your life. Just stay right there. Be uncomfortable in the new place. Just stay right in those victories. Get comfortable there. Elisha said, no way. As long as my Lord lives, and as long as you live, I'm with you. I'll never leave your side. This is good encouragement. And he says, okay, let's go to the next place. He takes him to Jordan. Great place to hang out. But when he gets there, he does this miraculous thing. See, the Jordan was the first place Joshua has miracle. It's the place of new beginnings. Can you imagine being Joshua and before he stepped into the promised land? What happened? Moses goes to the mountain and is with the Lord. Joshua has to take his step. It's almost identical. Elijah, Moses, Elisha, Joshua. Isn't it amazing? So whole trip, he's, te- he's teaching them the story of a, really, a Joshua. So we'll say, let's go to the Jordan. Let's go to the Jordan, Elisha, because I want to show you something. So he goes down there, he gets that mantle. What happened when Joshua was crossing over the Jordan? Anybody remember? Did not the water split? Didn't they go across on dry ground? Didn't they? When they went to the promised land? It said that as soon as the priest took that Ark of the Covenant and he stepped into the river, what happened to the river? Divided. Presence of God. The Ark of the Covenant represented. Here, it's in the cloak. His mantle. And as Elijah took that, he said he smiked that water. And it divided. And him and Elisha walked across on dry ground. Isn't, wouldn't that be amazing to you? And it's like, there's the mantle. That's the one that was on my back. That's the one. Look what it's doing. Boom. Split water. This is amazing. Boy, that's a powerful God using such a ridiculous piece of fur. Right? And so he sees that and he touches it and he gets to the other side. And Elijah asks the question. This is our destination. Soon I will not be with you anymore. So what do you ask of me? Before I leave, Elisha says, man, I would love to have a double portion of your spirit. Double portion of your spirit. Man, if I could just do the things you did, and then some, my life will be complete. Man, if I could just do the things of God and and be straightforward with you were and and all that you did, man, I'm, I'm with you. That's what I want. Give me a double portion of that. And of course, Elijah said this, you've asked for a hard thing. You've asked for a hard thing. You don't understand it all yet. But nevertheless, if you watch me as I'm taken up, you'll have it. But if you don't, and they're not there to watch, then it won't be yours. So I don't know about you, I'd be like, that's what your desire is? I'd be standing real close. And it says, a chariot of fire came down from heaven and it split the two of them I'm sure they're walking and talking together on this trip to Jericho right or trip to the Jordan and all of a sudden that chariot of fire came down and split them apart and it came I'm sure it wasn't a little guy I'm sure it's pretty can you imagine a chariot of fire coming down 
He didn't say how he was going to rapture it up, right? They didn't say in the word that's, and all of a sudden, whoosh, comes in to split you apart from your master. You're like, whoa. And it says Elijah was in that chariot, the next thing he knows, and he's taken off. And the only thing left was a mantle that came down. Like the Spirit of God comes down on every one of us. On a day of Pentecost, tongues of fire came down and gave us the mantles. <laughs> and here it comes, a mantle comes down, lands on the ground. First, he was devastated. His master was gone. He ripped his clothes. He cried out. My master, my master. Talks about chariots and talks about horsemen of Israel. <laughs> I mean, ripped his clothes and thought, man, he was weeping and it, was, it hit him. Finally hit him. His master's gone. And then he said, he picked up that cloak that was on the ground, that mantle. Took it. He went over the river. And I can't imagine what he felt at that moment. Do you? What would that be like? He took the mantle of Elijah that fell from him and struck the waters and said, Where is the Lord, the God of Elijah? Read that. What, what, do you, what do you think he's processing? He says, you struck the water. And at the time he struck, he says, where is the Lord, the God of Elijah? Where is the Lord, the God of Elijah? What do you see in that? It says when he struck the waters, they were divided here and there. And Elisha crossed over on dry ground. It's dry ground, just like his master taught him. The last miracle Elijah did was to show Elijah, Elisha, his first steps. Isn't it amazing? He just did exactly what his master, just like Joshua crossing that river. Bam! That thing just split apart. He walked across, took his mantle, of course, with him. And he got to the other side. It says there was prophets there, 50 prophets there. And they looked and they said, surely the spirit of Elijah is now resting on Elisha took the authority, people watched it and said, there's the new man of God right there. Now let's follow him. Never separate your assignment from the assigner. I believe in those moments that he had that cloak. I don't know, I'd be a little nervous, would you? Come on. He didn't have the cloak before the whole time he watched his master with it. The only time he had it was when he had it on when he was plowing the field. He knew with the talk, that moment that God spoke to his heart, he says, I'm off. I'm leaving everything behind. I'm going. See, that's what the, the mantle will do. But he never had it after that. And there it was, lying on the ground. He picked it up and said, there it is. Uh, wow, okay. Well, let's see what's going to happen here. This is what he taught me. The God of Elijah taught me. All I need to do is have faith. ask the question, where's my God? Where's my God, the God of Elijah? There it is, boom. Separated it. From the river, sure enough, he goes to the other side and is recognized as a new leader for God. God is amazing, isn't he? Just want to say this. When trust declares, your promise of miracles begins. 
trust, isn't there? Not in this. He said it clearly. In the God of Elijah. You see, we have a lot of people that put a lot of emphasis on rituals, don't we? Got things in the church that they, they're sacred and don't touch that. That's sacred. Don't walk in there. That's the sanctuary. Don't, 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 don't spill nothing. That's the holy. Right? And it separates churches today. Rituals and religion all caught up in holy cloaks. Right? Jesus came, he, he put that all under. It's not about a religion. It's not about these things, these sacred things people think are. It's about relationship with Christ and he said where is my God the God of Elijah he knew it wasn't in this you're gonna have to call upon God the assigner the one who gives me the assignment it's not this this was shown to me I'm doing this so I move forward I'm going past that that river that separates me from what I have to do I I, I know God you call me to that and there's a river here so you're gonna have to get me through the river right you're gonna have to give me the other side I saw my master Elijah do it. I'm going to do the same thing. But I know it's not this. It never was this. It was always you. He took me on a journey. One place where I was separated and I was circumcised. You separated me from the world. You took me to Bethel so I could put an altar and I knew who you were and I could worship you and I could understand you and I could hear from you. And then he took me to a place of battle. And you know, God, you're good. You're there. You're always good. You're always with me, and I'm victorious in you. And you took me to Jordan. Elijah didn't have to take him on the other side, did he? Right, it could happen right there. That's where his journey begins. It wasn't on the other side, was it? That's the wilderness. It didn't have to happen over there, but he took him over there to teach him its first miracle. Do this and go. You know you have the authority with you. It's not in this, it's in your Lord. And that's when he knew, when he hit that water, Bam, he knew it wasn't this at all. It was about God. Where is my God? The God of Elijah. That's how it's done. That's how it's done in your life. Not in any of these other things. Don't put angels out in your yard. Don't think that these ritual things are going to get you anywhere. It's in the relationship with Jesus Christ. That's where it starts. That's where your journey begins. And trust declared trust declared will bring your first miracle it's a promise it's trust declared i trust him god i trust you lord i trust you in everything that goes on i don't have any doubts of what you're doing i don't have doubts with all these circumstances around me i'm sure of it i'm sure of it and i don't care if there's a river that separates me from your will where's my god in this where's the god of elijah for if you're with me, nothing's going to stop me. For God is with us, nobody can get you against us, right? So let's move forward. I don't know where you are. You could be in one of those cities. You could, be, you could be right at the Jordan. You could be ready for your miracle on the other side. You might be hanging. You've already had your mantle given to you. You know it's not in that. It's whether God said go. And as soon as you get to that river right there, God, I know I trust you. My destiny is on the other side. This is the wilderness, and that's the promised land. I'm going to the other side. I'm walking in there. And faith that you're going to spread the waters. 
Let's get on. So what city are you in today? You circumcision, trying to separate yourself, trying to separate yourself from the world, trying to clean yourself up. I've had so many people come to me. Well, I can't come to church. You know, I've got, some, I've done all this, and I don't worry. I'm not worthy to go to church, and and everybody's going to judge me there. What a stupid excuse. They're not going to judge you. You judged yourself. Separate yourself from the world. Get out of Gilgal. Get out of there. Go on to the next destination. Some of you have never had an altar of God set up in your life place of worship maybe you haven't been there for a while maybe you forgot what that feels like to be in God's presence and how he speaks to us how he encourages us he is such a good God just spend some time with him just say God I'm going to spend some time I'm going to go to Bethel today and I'm going to spend some time at the altar and I'm going to give you thanks and I'm going to understand some of you are caught in victory old victories and you're afraid to move past that well Lord we had a victory here so I'm going to stay right here this is where you have me I'm victorious here I'm, I'm able to see things Oh, maybe it's my own strength and not yours. Or maybe I need to give that up. Maybe I start to get a little uncomfortable here. Maybe I stay right where I am because I am good at this. I have victory in this. God says, no, don't stay there. That's yesterday. That's a yesterday victory. It's time to move past that. So some of you are still in Jericho. Let's go to Jordan and let's get across that river right? What river stops you? Maybe you've been all past those other places and you're right now at the Jordan. What river is stopping you? And you're afraid to use God's authority. I don't know, Lord. Hey, you never used me before. I've never done a miracle before. I've seen other people do them. But I can't do them. I'm too messed up. Cloak? I'll just stay right here in the wilderness. When the promised land's right there, I can see it. So where are you at today? Let's go forward. How's that sound? Let's go forward. Trust declares his promise. Your miracle begins right now in Jesus' name. Oh, Lord. One last thing I want to say. Do I have time to do this? And I, I've got to say it. I want to wrap this up. Why did Elijah ask Elisha what, three times, stay here. Just stay here. Right here. You're comfortable here. Stay there. Do you remember his first servant? Remember Elijah was having that really difficult time when the messenger of Satan, <laughs> Jezebel, came. Remember that? And it says Elijah was going off in the wilderness and he said what? Elijah was afraid and rose and ran for his life and came to Bathsheba, which belongs to Judah. He left his servant there. I believe that if that servant had a heart like Elisha, who would have had the mantle? Who would have had the mantle? But that servant saw his master having a difficult time. Okay, you, we know mm, something's going on here. I don't like that. I don't like that messenger either. I saw the messenger, and I'm afraid too. So you go that way in case you get killed. Ha, I'll go this way. Right? Did he not do that? You you're under you're under a death sentence. So you just go ahead and go in the wilderness. And I'm your servant. I know you've been with you. I've been loyal all this time. But not right now. I'm going to stay right here. You go on ahead. Doesn't say him to tell him you stay here. 
He just decided to. I'm staying. Now, his new servant said what? As long as my God lives, as long as my Lord lives, and you live, I am with you 100%. Be sure of your calling. Be sure of your assignment. And go. Receive your mantle, your authority. Move ahead. I feel sorry for that servant. Missed out. But Elisha didn't. He never gave up. God is good. Thank you, Lord, for this day. Thank you, Lord, for teaching us in your word that there's places that you want to take us, but you don't want to leave us there. There's places you want to teach us, but you don't want to leave us there. There's places of paths that we need to do in all of our lives. We give, we give our lives to Jesus, and he wants to do these things in our life. And so, Lord, thank you for those four places that you took Elisha and you showed him. But that's the past. So when we reach our river, Lord, we want to be able to walk through. Lord, I know that you're full of miracles. I know you want us to do great things for you. And Lord, we talked ourselves out many times. But Lord, today's a different day. Today is your day. So Father, I pray in the name of Jesus that when we face that river, and we're afraid to go past, Lord, may that authority, may that mantle, may, may Lord, our relationship with you give us that trust that we need to step in and watch those waters part. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord, for this day. You're good and mighty in Jesus' name.